something's happened. Something has absolutely happened in this town. There's just too much little crap for something not to have happened. And I'm about had enough of shit town and the things that goes on. This is an extra mini episode of All Things Grinnell. Let's call it Some Things Grinnell. I talked with Gina Quezon, assistant professor of English at Georgia State University, about S-Town when I interviewed her about Southern studies and native literature. Quezon hosts her own podcast, About South, and she discussed S-Town on her show. She had some criticisms of the show. To be fair, it's been pretty controversial. It's also been immensely popular. But Brian Reed and his crew definitely flirted with some questions of journalistic ethics. So, I assume if you're still listening, you've probably listened to S-Town. If not, well, now's your last chance to turn it off if you don't want to listen to S-Town without any spoilers. Three, two, one. What is real about S-Town? And what perceptions about the South does it perpetuate, do you think? I have been to Woodstock. Okay. So the... After S-Town came out or you just had already been there? I did not realize until I went there again that I had been there at one point, kind of oddly. I went to undergrad at Auburn. Okay. And I used to live in Birmingham. So I've driven a lot of Alabama. The Friday that our S-Town episode came out... It just so happened we were returning from a podcast trip to Mississippi and driving through Woodstock. Uh-huh. <laughs> so we stopped and we went to, oh, I don't want to spoil it. We went to some places that are mentioned in the show okay. that have significance. Yes. And so Woodstock is indeed a real place. I think that any place's shittiness is certainly a relative question. Uh-huh. What I think is real about the show is there's clearly a man who is feeling some sense of cultural isolation in this place. Mm -hmm. And that is not necessarily unique to Woodstock, Alabama. Mm. What is also real about the show is the way that Brian Reed, God bless him, (laughs) seems very bent on shaping the narrative into a Southern Gothic narrative that is already incredibly popular. Mm. And I was more or less fine, narratively speaking, if not ethically speaking, with places the show goes. I did kind of start to think, okay, there are some ethical questions here that are I'm not comfortable with um, in terms of just your rights to know everything about yeah, as a person. journalist and everything. Yeah. Very interesting. But the last episode, the way it closes with some sort of allusions and quotes from Southern literary greats or the way that it sort of references William Faulkner, I thought, oh, you're just trying to make a Southern Gothic story. You don't actually care mm-hmm. about the real people who live in this town in Alabama, which is, as my friend Shannon said, is shit-ish. <laughs> like, it's not the worst town. Right. It's not the best town. Uh-huh. It's pretty average-seeming town. Mm-hmm. But I think This American Life and Brian Reed had a lot of tape. They didn't know what to do with it. And they used a narrative form that is recognizable, which is essentially something like 
a very Faulknerian Southern Gothic story. Because, of course, audiences loved it because they already know the story. Mm. Um, the particulars don't really matter. It was completely shaped into this familiar story that people could be receptive to because they've, they've read Absalom, Absalom. They already know it's like tragic people doing tragic things in a tragic place because it's like in Alabama. Like, oh, it's just so tragic. And I, I think that's my kind of my issue with the show. Um, I think it's well done. The problem is, is that it's well done. Mm. <laughs> you wish that it were not popular at all. <laughs> um, it's, it's inspired good conversation. Yeah. You know, and everyone is entitled to represent their version of reality. Uh, but we're also entitled to ask ourselves is this reality right or is a shape narrative which i think it clearly was uh-huh um yeah i can say i admittedly beforehand I, I didn't think about the south as an entity that deserved consideration as something in and of itself or like representation of like oh like how i wasn't thinking about how brian reed was characterizing the south uh, as a whole, and like how the South might feel about that, you know? Can I ask you a question? Yes. Okay. I think a good analog for it is something like Making a Murderer, because mm-hmm. you're from Wisconsin, correct? I am, yes. And so you look at how this rural space of Wisconsin, there's not a lot of difference between the two okay, in yeah. terms of the narrative. That's an interesting. Um, Do you think rural parallel. Wisconsin kind of feels like, wow, like we're not like that bad? Thanks, guys. <sighs> I don't know. Uh, so my parents are both from Sheboygan, okay. uh, which is like the the Wisconsin-y Wisconsin, you know, yeah. um, Sheboygan. <laughs> um, so, uh, and a lot of my family are still there and I don't want to, I don't want to speak for them. Um, but I think my friends after seeing Making a Murder, they're like, man, your dad talks like that. Like I was talking on the phone with my dad and they're like, your dad sounds like Stephen Avery. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God. <laughs> But you're kind of right. Like he, my dad talks a little like that, um, you know. And it, I think it got bits and pieces right. And if people, you know, if people take those bits and pieces and extrapolate it to think that this is everybody in like this monolithic kind of idea of what Sheboygan or Manitowoc is, problematic. Yeah. Um, but it also like seeing it on there, kind of like, you know, it might be in the way that they tell the story, it might be a little exaggerated. Um, but the phenomenon is still there. You know what I mean? Like yeah, they're, I they're picking right. up on something real. But yeah, um, yeah. That's no, I, I'm really happy that you asked me that question because I hadn't, I wouldn't have thought to compare the two. But that's uh, that's a really good comparison. They're quite parallel. Yeah. No, that's. I think that's how when I listen to S Town, I'm like, okay, you're not wrong about some of these folks in right, Alabama. Right. Like these, this person exists. This for person sure. exists, and indeed, it is a real person. I understand this is a documentary program, but does that play on to an entire state region or, I mean, heck, even a town, Uh you know, that's when you start to feel like, not that, not that I feel particularly defensive about it, just this is a story. Yeah. And it's one story. It's one story. Uh, Yeah. I feel like most of the characters in S-Town are notable like there 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 are not many people that are showcased in that show that are just like normal people you know like everybody's like you know like the crazy in-laws from somewhere or like you know john b is when i talk about someone who is a character he is the most charactery person that i 
can think of, you know, like just so wild and out there. Um, but it doesn't show like the normal people who aren't maybe noteworthy, you know, because it doesn't make a good story to talk about this normal person who also lives in Woodstock, Alabama, and isn't, you know, kind of crazy. <laughs> it, yeah. It's not part of the story. No, it's not, because the story needs to move your ears or your eyes mm-hmm. from episode to episode. Yeah. So I, I, I listened to your your episode about S-Town, and uh, neither you nor your guest necessarily had a, had a glowing review um, in, in some ways. Mm-hmm. Um, we were real fresh. It was a couple years ago, yeah. right when it ended. I uh-huh. think we were both a little worked up. Yeah. No, I could, I could sense that. David Davis, I think, hates it more than I do. Yeah, I could also sense that. Um, <laughs> um, so you said in, in the episode that you thought, um, you know, basically the only revelation from the show is that John B., the main character, this white man from Alabama, is complex. Like that, that was, that was the main takeaway. Yeah, I stand um, by that, I think. Yeah, yeah okay. okay. Um, and you know, you, that's, that's probably not like a glowing review of the show. Like that's probably a bad review. If, if, if Brian Reed was listening, he'd be like, oh, like that's not nice. Um, but to me, like that idea right there, as someone who doesn't maybe think about or interact with Southern culture um, on any like regular basis, that's notable to me. Um, and maybe it's low-hanging fruit, but I feel like in the socio-political landscape that we're currently in with so much polarization and, like, siloing off of cultures uh, and, like, people that you hang out with, like, I don't have a lot of friends from the South. And, like, I don't interact with, with that part of the country that often. I wonder if S-Town actually fills a need in that sense, um, that it kind of intimately and perhaps too intimately portrays a highly complex contradictory, fascinating individual and place where we might not expect to find that story? What are what are your thoughts? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I will say that we did have someone make a comment about the episode that it showed lots of complex people in a complex town. And I really appreciated that person's engagement with the show. I also thought, oh, wow, everyone's complex. Everyone's complex. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like... What a great revelation. Yeah, I was like, no, of course, yes, everyone is complex, uh-huh. right? Humans are complex creatures. Yeah. I, I do think there is a lot of flattening, um, you know, of the South in general. Uh-huh. I think a lot of times people say the word Southern and they think it's an adjective for white, right? And that's just not true. Yeah. And I do think there is value in understanding that people can hold contradictory ideas and identities within themselves. Yeah. That is important for all of us to learn and remember. I think the thing is, we need to already know that. Mm. Like, you just need to, instead of defaulting to think everyone is one-dimensional, yeah. our default should be, I recognize that everyone is a human going through something who is probably very complex yeah and they may have ideas that even within themselves are contradictory and they're probably working through that themselves Mm -hmm. so I think that it's good to sort of just I guess I I would you know be so flattered should Brian Reed be listening to anything (laughs) I have to say about his show and you know feel sad um or happy but I think that Instead of the revelation being that John B. is complex, I think the beginning of the narrative needs to be that John B. is complex. Mm. Because if we start from recognizing complexity, then we might 
eventually get to something like understanding. But if we start from simplicity and our end is complexity, then we don't stand a chance to getting to understanding. Yeah. And so that's where I wish the show maybe started a little bit. Rather than playing on the expectation, no one is going to assume that this guy is complex. Uh Well, of course he is. Right? That yeah. should be chapter one. Yeah, you know right away. You you hear him talk on the phone right away, you know. <laughs> this guy's got a thing. Yeah. Yeah. I have heard people say, do I think that, or John B. planned the whole thing? Mm. And I don't want to spoil too much. Um, but I'm like, whoa, that is a very long con. Uh-huh. If indeed. Yeah, he kudos might. to him if he did. <laughs> I mean, you know, that is real dedication to a narrative art. No, I, I think this is a person without potentially, maybe this is what is real about it when it comes to Alabama. This is a person, for whatever reason, without proper access to mental health care. Mm-hmm. And access to health care and mental health care in states that do not extend it to the fullest, that's real. Like we have political realities in Southern states, largely because of our state governments that are very, very real. And they Mm -hmm. have a real effect on people's lives. So instead of debating our barbecue culture, you know, maybe we can talk about giving people access to being healthy individuals. Yeah, yeah. Well, as a... As an aspiring storyteller of sorts, I I um, I appreciate your commentary, and I I do think that I, in everything that I do, and you know the things that I like to listen to, I try to seek out stories that acknowledge the complexity of of the world that we live in. Um, but what you said about starting with complexity and moving to understanding, I feel like that really that resonates with me because after after listening to S Town, I still felt like I didn't quite understand, you know. Um, that I was left with this very complex and dizzying picture of, you know, a man, but also a place. Um, and then I just kind of left it at that, like, that I would never maybe understand. And maybe nobody ever will understand John B. Um, so thank you for indulging my desire to talk about S-Town. Um, no, it's good to revisit it. Yeah. Yeah, I should have listened to the episode before I came. That's okay. Because <laughs> I may not remember all the things. I say things on the podcast. We were like, you said this. And I'm like... Did I really uh, say yeah? that? <laughs> How do you know I said that? Uh-huh. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this podcast extra. I'm your host, Ben Benversi. Stay weird, Grinnellians.